Welcome to episode 29 of Scarezone Halloween Horror Nights podcast. And you guys have been waiting for it. Chris, the continuation of uh, this ballad, this epic adventure <laughs> with our friend Gianni, the director. Everybody's waiting with bated breath to see what the next adventure <laughs> entails. Oh, and it and it gets interesting. Maybe not quite as fun, but definitely uh, takes a sharp turn. And we hope you enjoy it. It's a um, and it's a lot of fun. And, and I loved having Gianni on. And clearly, our audience enjoyed it. So we, again, we set ourselves up for failure for episode thirty. We're going to have to figure out something. So, <laughs> well, I, I tell you what, I've had more people comment on this show than I think I, all the others put together. But maybe just where the the listeners are expanding. Well, no, I, th- I think you're right. I mean, you, when you have some, we had amazing guests on, and like I stated before, we've had amazing guests, but they are um, some people you've either heard before in the Horror Nights community, or they're, uh, like I said, they're actors and they're very professional and they're great storytellers. But this is the one that feels like, what if me and you got stuck as a, a Halloween Horror Nights icon, and the hilarity and the insanity that happens after that? It's just so much fun. So um, we're gonna get into some news, but let's cover that at the end of the show. Should we go ahead and take it into part two? Yep, let's do it. All right, here is part two of our interview with the director himself, Gianni Garofalo. We've had some icons on in the past. Never did I think they would come to where we're hearing people jumping out of windows, running through the Everglades. So we had to bring Gianni back on, (laughs) the director, and now take us to... We we just wrapped If you guys haven't heard the first part, go back and listen to part one which was the 2003 year, which actually I worked at Universal that year. I was working for Nickelodeon Studios, so I saw tons of people backstage just taking their smoke break dressed as you that would just walk past me uh, all day, uh-huh. all night long. So I'm sure if, if that was you, I'm sure that would have been kind of terrifying to see all these people dressed like you. And then we hit fast forward now. You get the call, I'm sure, at some point. They want you back, and let's uh, let's hear how that story begins, Gianni. Yes, thank you guys for having me back. Um yeah, the uh, let's see, we left off. Okay, so what happened was <clears throat> after I did that, honestly, I don't think I did too much other stuff. I did a little bit of like some music video stuff. I did a really great music video for that band Incubus, which was really funny. Where like I kind of had my hair had grown out. No, no, well, I guess no, never mind. That was before the, the Universal because my hair was longer and I think I cut it for the director, but. So I didn't really do too much after that. That was kind of like, all right, cool. You know, I'm just going to do some music and hang out. And I didn't do any, any more, you know, acting stuff after that. Yeah. And my agency called me in 2006 and was basically like, Hey, they're going to do a sweet 16 for universal Orlando. And cause the, the one I did, the 2003 was, was, uh, 13. So that was kind of like the number 13. It had a whole connotation of, you know, like, you know, the Halloween Horror Nights 13 and the director and all that stuff. So then when it, in 2006 was their Sweet 16 and we had, um, you know, Dean was doing it. We shot it out here actually in California. Right. And Dean was doing it. We, we, it was, it was a one day shoot. We did it at this really cool spot out here and it was fun. I, I had some great photos of that, of me hanging out with Dean. Um, you know, smoking cigars, you know, laughing. Um, and there was the caretaker, the the clown guy, Jack. the yeah, and the the witch, and the and and myself was the four people delivering a cake to some guy tied up. And I think I got to someone got to kill him, or we got we all kind of walked at him menacingly. And what's funny is we would do these takes, we'd all be menacing the clown guy. You know, we're all in these things, and they'd be like, "Cut!" And 
we'd be sitting around talking, laughing about, hey, man, you know, Seinfeld was such a great show. And, you know, we'd be sitting there and it would be so funny having these conversations about life, having these conversations about our regular lives and stuff. And you kind of forget that you were talking to this, you know, character, this person that was like an icon in their own right, you know. And I remember sitting there thinking like, wow, the director, like, how does he fit into all this? Because I wasn't as like outwardly scary, you know, like, like going back to that original thing, you know, it was all like that internal, like not screaming thing. It was all this very internal, like meticulous kind of thing. And so, and and the clown guy, I was like, Whoa, dude, this guy's, you know, that was, that was scary. So we did that. And I thought that that was it. And then I got a call from, um, my agents saying that, uh, um, universal studios, Hollywood wanted to revamp their, relay they wanted to relaunch their halloween horror nights with the director and i was like awesome dude like so stoked and i think i got in touch with dean like pretty early on like dude you know we're doing this again and he was like they're not gonna use me and i was like what do you mean like that doesn't make any sense dude like you're we're a team you know i was like i i I, in my mind and i I think outwardly to him at the time i was like i don't want to do it like who's going to do it? Like, it's going to be, you know what I mean? Like you're the aesthetic was so much adding to what that character's internal thing was, you know, that if you, if you mess with that, I was like, why mess with a winning combination? But I mean, I'm not slagging, you know, Hollywood or anything like that, but they had their own reasons, but I don't think they wanted to spend the money that Orlando put into their thing is what I think I heard the bottom line was like, they didn't want to pay, what that dean's dean and and what his budget was which kind of bummed me out so they had this guy manning it from the from the ad agency which this this is where it took the left turn i mean the people from universal were great the whole thing was cool except it just kind of there was a guy that was basically um he worked at the ad agency who was directing it and he was a cool guy i mean his intentions were fine but he had his vision for what the director what he wanted out of that that's that that character and it wasn't what the original one was it wasn't any of that he was looking for what the clown guy was and what that other stuff was so we shot some stuff we did some stuff and then the reports started coming back from universal that they that they did to say they they were said they hated it you know they said that 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 they hated it because he was having me be a lot more menacing and stuff like that and a lot more cartoony way more cartoony and they hated it and then so it was like we had to reshoot some stuff and there was a lot of vocal stuff that I was doing where he was having me be way more like, ah, you know, with it. And I was telling him, you know, that's not what it is. You know, I'm mean? like, that's not the guy. Yeah. You know, you're, I've you done know. this already. And here's where the rock and roll side of me started to come out. Right. Because remember back the last podcast, I come from a musical background like we don't this acting thing is a different world and I wasn't yeah. familiar with it. So my attitude started to kick in right about, you know, eventually when I was like, you know what, man? I, all right. Like, here's what's up. And so we were doing this thing and the universal people hated it. And it was like a panic at David and Goliath. Like I was going down to David and Goliath to cut audio stuff. And finally the guy that was running it, that was doing this, I think it was like his first time and he was excited. I mean, I'm not, you know, it's like, I can't, you know, I wouldn't want to speak ill of him, but to tell the story, you kind of have to because this guy was just trying to do his own thing. Like he saw it his way and he was like – he was saying stuff like, I know I'm right. And I was like, well, you know, I got to just so tell you that yeah. 
Yeah. You know, the, you, you might be right to someone, but the, the people paying the bill want what they want and they don't mm. want what you, you know. So eventually I get a phone call from, from like, by now my attitude is at like a good between 60 and 80% from, from hitting my lips, you know, internally, like the director's gone at this point. And Gianni, the bass player, that's like fed up with the producers, like coming out, <laughs> like I'm about to be like, Hey, let me say a bunch of stuff that you guys would have to bleep out on this podcast. You know, I was like right there. So the phone call comes in and it's the guy that owns David and Goliath. And he's at an airport where he like kind of doesn't get service. So he has to go outside. He's like, I'm getting on a plane. I'm getting calls from Universal and they're pissed off and they hate this. And what the F is going on? Like you guys, what is the deal? What is this? And you know, the guy who was doing it from the ad agency is sitting there going, well, you know, we're doing, and I like grabbed the phone, right? Here it is. Like all of a sudden, Boom, action. And I'm like, you know what? Here's the problem, man, is that what Dean and I set up in the beginning, what these people wanted, is not what's getting done by this guy. He's got his own vision that he's doing, and it's not what they want, and he's still continuing to try and do that. And if you let me do it my way right now, everything will be fine. And the guy on the phone, he's on, he's like screaming. He's like, put me on speakerphone. You know, and he's like, <laughs> and he's just saying, he's like, you know, he's like, let him do it his way. And, you know, I'm leaving out all the expletives and he's mad. You know, he's like, let him do it his way. Just let him effing do it and let it go down. So I go, I like take a moment. I'm like, you, and the guy, as soon, this is where I almost like, I swear to God, man, like I almost jumped on the guy. Like he goes, as soon as I hang up the phone, he goes, oh, I hate to be wrong. And I was just like, man, <sighs> like, yeah, I, uh, yeah I'm, I, I want some of the, go ahead. You know, I was like, oh. I was like, I want those fish hooks right now, bro. Like, you gotta, I'm about to get someone get a camera. We're gonna film a whole new spot. You know, it's like this is. It's, but so I went in one take, did said it the way they wanted me to say it, and I was overdubbing it over a pre-existing. Like that's how much it had fallen apart. Was I was I was literally overdubbing a vocal over scenes they had already shot because the the voice was all like, this is how the director. You know, it was like so not Pavel and. So they, that's why they eventually were like, dude, this is this is like we're just going to do it with because the, the the name Pavel. Uh, well, I don't know what the last name, but the name Pavel, Pavel was Ravinsky, it, I think yeah. it, like whatever it was, wasn't invented until 2006, you know, so I didn't even know yeah. Pavel was this. And all of a sudden I read this backstory. But through that process at the time, remember, this is what's going to date it was my space was really huge. And I don't even know if I was. But all of a sudden, I started getting hit up by all these people on MySpace, like, oh, the director of Friends of the Pavel. And that's when one of the girls that was a tram driver, not a tram driver, but she like worked at the at the park. She hit me up and she's like, oh, I love your spots. I love this thing. And I was like, hey, I want to go on the ride, um, you know, to check it out. You know, and she's like, oh, come down and I'll meet you. We'll go. And I had a bunch of my other friends that I knew from California, like musician friends. I'm like, hey, we're going to go to the Singing Universal. And we went on the ride and, and they had the the thing come up and it was like, this is Pavel, the director, and I was telling you, you are going to be scared. You know, I was like, what the? What's going on here? But the, the, the thing is, is I felt really bad for the people at Universal for, you know, them investing their time and money and not getting what they wanted. And that's when they told me that, like, they had a history with it not really working out so good for them with the guy dying and all that stuff and them wanting to redo it. And, um, you know, but I felt bad for them because it's like as even as a musician, you want to deliver like when you get booked as a session, music, which is mainly what I do. You know, it's like I go play on people's records. It's like you 
you um you know you want to give them the goods you know you want to save their time and their money you don't want to take up too much of their time although i got some friends that are producers that are if they ever hear this they'll laugh they'll be like yeah right <laughs> but you know it's um That's you know you want to be easy man. to <laughs> you know you want to be easy to work with and stuff like that and i mean there was a lot more of the stuff at universal was at, in 2006 was cool because we shot some stuff at the park i got to go to places up at city walk like up on scaffolding and like on top of shops and like had my little camera and they were filming me like kind of like stalking my prey. And I thought that was really cool. And, um, the guy, the makeup artist, his name was Carlton Coleman. I'm still friends with them on Facebook. He was really a nice guy. He did both of them actually. And, um, he was such a nice guy and, uh, he did a really great job of making sure the contacts were good. I had a, for some reason I had a serious problem with the contacts in the 2006 um, you know, incarnation, but that was the majority of the spots. It was like me walking around the park at night. It was me, um, you know, stalking people and stuff. It wasn't like any kind of setup for Dean, which I thought was actually in its own way. I thought it was pretty cool. Cause they're like, Hey, we want to shoot this for the least amount of money. We just want to make it. And it was real gorilla. And it looked like kind of what the director would have done had he been, um, you know, on like, I think the, the, the plot was, I was living, on the back lot of universal. I was like squatting basically and like filming, you know, so they actually would shoot me. There was actual trams going by of people on the tour. And I was like, kind of huddled, like shooting and they'd be like looking over like kids, like kind of scared, kind of like thing, but they would always do that real wave thing. Like, and it was like, (laughs) it was like kind of obvious in the beginning. Yeah. Like, no, this is, I'm going to try to kill one of you later. Like, you know, I don't know if I can tell you this, but, uh, Yeah, but it was it was so fun, though, to get to do those things. And we had discussed at that time, like making a movie. But remember, the 2006, I don't know what iPhone level was out yet. But, you know, the technology thing, like uh, the, the iPhone technology would have really made it like now if they made a movie like that, like um, it would work really good because you'd have this guy that because of things like the slender man, like stuff that like has already happened online. If you had this guy that, and then you could almost introduce like a love interest. Like he finds his perfect girl or whatever, you know, like he sees her and he's like, you know, stalking her and like getting ready to like kidnap her and make his thing. And that could be like the crux of the movie is like, you know, it shows up online, like this, you know, her friend, you know, whatever, you know, like, and it could just be a cool thing to, make a director movie. They talked about it and I was like, I'd love to do it. And it would actually be kind of funny if that was my only like real acting gig. <laughs> well, tell us more about that. You know, oh, the movie. Yeah. You yeah. Know, two years too early. The first iPhone was 2008. So just slightly too early. You know what I mean? So like, if you had that thing, it's like, you know, cause when, you know, in thinking about this movie, you know, what the way Pavel would have done it, you know, I would just think like, you know, yeah, it would have been cool if there was like a, you know, like he finds his perfect prey and he's like, you know, all of a sudden footage is popping up online because it's, it's like almost like a cult thing, like Slender Man. It's like, you know about it, but it's there. But there's this guy that like, you know, basically makes these snuff films and posts them online. But they're like Scorsese level, like, you know, a film. It's not just like some weird, you know, bad video thing. It's like it's got to be good. So it's like maybe he posts footage of like a girl that's like he's stalking. That would be the the the, the female lead in the movie, you know, and it's like that's the thing. It's like her friends are like, Oh my God, he's going to come for you. But like, how do you prove it? And like, you know, all of a sudden he's stalking her, you know, to try and get her in his perfect scene. And, 
you know, this is it. She's going to be my perfect star. But th- then you throw that side of it where it's genuinely like he's a director and it's almost that weird sicko twist where in his mind he's seeing it as like he's just making a movie. You know, he doesn't see that it's like because it's like the death, that whole part of it, and going back to the early director is like, you know, it's like it was all internal. Like he was fancied himself a filmmaker. You know, he fancied himself this Scorsese, like I make these films and these people die and it's art. Why do you think the character has lasted so long? I mean, he is still to this day incredibly popular with the uh, Shows up from time to time still. He does. Uh, I, I, you know what? I told them I would do it. I don't know why. I mean, I told them. I was like, dude, if you guys want me to do conventions, you guys want me to do any of that stuff, I would love to do that stuff. Because I love just like, I don't know, maybe it's the music background. I just love being connected to people. So it's like you kind of want to, you know, I was like, I would love to do that stuff. I would love to do that stuff for you guys and keep it legit. Cause, and when I would say that to them, they'd be like, oh, my God, no way you do that. And I was like, what do you mean, my God? No, of course, this is I'm doing this with you guys. Like, let's let's go bring Pavel to the people, man. Let's <laughs> we need to do it. We need to do it. Yeah, we'll bring you, you know, down I would to Florida. Love to come we'll out do something. You know, oh, I'd love to come out there and do that stuff. And and then that was what was weird was I saw this stuff in Universal out here and they had guys dressed up like me and they had um certain stuff. And it was funny because there was like, quote unquote, purists of the Pavel <laughs> thing that would like hit me up on MySpace and be like, they had this guy up at Universal. I saw him on the tour and he was terrible. It wasn't even close to you because they were going for more that outwardly scary thing. Whereas, you know, the director was the kind of thing where he would just walk up next to you and outside of being completely pale and those white eyes like you wouldn't know it was him like the clown or something it wouldn't be like a you know i I figured it would be to to be more like a michael myers kind of thing like he was just gonna walk up to you and not like you know charge you or freddy krueger you you know what i mean which i by the way i i grew up watching all of those films so that's why i think i was so loving to do like i was like wow i get to do a horror nights thing and i didn't know until you just told me that it was such a such a positive thing, man. I'd love to get involved with that. Is there a website I can go on and be like, hey, the director, you know, like I, I could take photos of some of the pictures oh, I have. We can, I, we can I, connect you, I assure you. Uh, Chris <laughs> has a way to tell that we can connect you to the fans because, I mean, it is, man. People talk about every year there's always the discussion of what Icon is going to be. And they've done some in more recent history, either reusing or sort of readapting a lot of these characters. So I feel like every year – you hear the director as a potential comeback. And every year, everyone kind of talks about it. So no, absolutely. We can totally connect you with, uh, I mean, thousands of your fans are listening now and thousands will be, I'm sure, connected. Oh, more Because this is what happened. We've had on the guy who was the clown, who was Jack. And that's probably one of our more popular episodes because people want to know because all they know of you, these photos and images and video, it's, it's, it's different than even an actor in a film where it's easy to pull up. Oh, yeah, who is that? No, it's, it takes a little bit of digging to find out. So we can totally connect you with people and... You're right. I mean, there's something about the director that appeals to me as someone who who loves movies but also loves horror because he isn't this big character. And I think maybe that's even somewhat of when people send you, oh, look at this fake guy in the park. And we've seen that even this past year with uh, there's an actress who played the female clown version, which is Chance. And I think they ran into a same similar situation, at least I did personally, where the person in the park, because it's just a person in makeup, it's not even uh, prosthetics like Jack – it takes a little bit of – the connection's a little off because it's like, oh, no, I've seen the guy in marketing. That's not him. Uh, for, for you, yeah, I think people yeah. connect you with that character more than a guy who just walks around because it really was just you with you know, white eyes. 
Right, white eyes in the camera. You know, I think, you know, it's cool that you say that because you're absolutely right. Because in the, if you think about in music, when people hear a record for the first time or they identify with a song and a, that a band does for the first time and they go see that band, they kind of want to see that version of that song. You know, it's like with Pink Floyd or even with the Eagles ran into that. If you watch that Eagles yeah. documentary where they talked about, you know, they, they, they played those songs. And even back in the 70s when they were doing it, Randy Meisner was like, I don't want to play you know, that that one song where he sang all high on it. And Glenn was like, you know, going, hey, man, these people, they come to hear us play. Like, you think I want to play Take It Easy every night? But we have to. Like, you know, they identify right. with those versions. And like, we, even like, we, like if you 2 changed their bass player, the bass player would almost have to play those bass lines almost exactly that way because people identify with that first connection they had with it. So when they saw the director and they saw that guy in there, they were like, they feel connected to that dude. And um you know, oh my God, I would love to make a movie with those guys or even reprise the role would be so fun because now I think you have so much more, like I was talking about to work with, with iPhones and like all this different technology and the internet. Now YouTube is so much bigger than it was in 06. I mean, Mm. you know, it's like, it would be so fun to, there's so much more you can work on his angle of doing stuff now. And I mean, oh man, you could take it so far. I mean, it's funny because when you guys first hit me up about doing this, I was like, thought back because when they mentioned doing a movie you know i think they said like if you have any ideas so i wrote stuff down and when you guys mentioned it to me i was like oh man yeah the movie and i i like kind of rehashed all those original ideas where i was like oh man it would be so cool if it was like this and you can bring in some some dark angles to it but with the whole like this guy is you know kind of doing his thing and being like hey i'm just a director that you know well, Making my art film, you know, <laughs> it just happens that her head's going to pop off at the end, but you know. Well, exactly. well, we know who listens to this podcast and they're fairly high up at Universal. So, so friends, I know who you are and you're listening. Gianni's in. Yeah. So, uh, let's, uh, <laughs> I'm in. let's try we're to in. make come this, on, we're in, let's do it. So you know, come on, if we're in, you know, that the audience wants it. So hopefully, you know, from, from our podcast to their ears, uh, we'll, we'll have something. Well, Gianni, thank you so much. What about you personally? Hey. What can we do? Like, how can fans support you? What's going on with your music? Is there any way, uh, you know, what's going on now in your life? Now? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm playing in some bands. I got a band with my friend, uh, Justin Warfield, who's, uh, the singer in that band, she wants revenge. We got our own new band going on called oh, Dream Club. He was the guy. He was the guy that I was signed to Virgin UK with back in the '90s, and then um, he did She Wants Revenge. And now we have a band called Dream Club. I think it's on Instagram as Dream Club HQ. And then I'm playing with this girl, Jesse Joe Stark, who um, who her parents and she's that they have that company Chrome Hearts. That's like a clothing jewelry company. It's an amazing company and a family and i just there's a song of hers she just put up that i'm actually playing bass on it's called driftwood that's on itunes and um i play uh you know i teach guitar and stuff i play music out here with um you know some some of my friends kids out here and do some skateboarding and um but uh you know um it's uh besides that i like to play i have a band i could give a shout out to i had a band with uh my friend's kid this kid sakai it was a band called love eagle and we used to jam. It's these um, really good friends of mine out here in Venice. And um, my my wife is uh, – I'm married now. Pavel's married. So – oh, no, Pavel's not married. <laughs> Pavel's not married. But married. But, yeah, yeah. Pavel's not married. But, you know, and my wife is – the funny thing, here's the, where the whole weird twist And My wife is a, is a school teacher out here in Venice. And um, it's a kindergarten teacher. And actually now she's doing second grade. But when she taught kindergarten, I used to go to the school and tell stories to the kids and, you know, have fun and skateboard around with the kids. And it's so funny to think of – 
the director like would horrify these kids and they're always be like oh mr g's here finish the story and i come up with these crazy (laughs) stories about these upside down mountains and there's a lake at the bottom and it goes to a magical world of unicorns you know like just i turn outside stuff (laughs) right and then it's just their director you know and but you know so through my wife i've met all these amazing families out here in venice that you know i spend my time with and our my friends um you know shaka and leela have their son sakai who I played music with and it was, and he's in fifth grade now. So it was like for the last, he had a drum kit in his room. Nice. So I go over there and hang out with Shock and Leela. And it was this really kind of bizarre life. We'd go swimming, you know, we'd have salads. I'd go play music with Sakai and we'd just jam out. And it was almost like punk rock. Cause he would just fly on the drum kit sure, and I would yeah. just play whatever on the bass. And, but you know, it's like, that's what's up now, but I'm not beyond, um, you know, I think getting the director back now would be so fun because there's so many cool things you can do. And also, aesthetically, the horror genre has gone in such so many different directions that there's so many good things to pick and choose from, you know, to make a director movie that could, you know, like, I mean, we could it, it's the right time of the year to actually start getting ready for that. Shoot it in, you know. May, May, June, July, and you know you you have a whole new campaign for the director. In um, absolutely. Well, see the thing. In, the, the thing is, Logan is a director, and I am a writer. So, you know, there's three of us already. You know, do it. So we're good to oh. go. So, so Universal, yeah. just give us yeah. like the okay. Just say fine, and we're good to go, and we'll uh, <laughs> exactly. we'll do it. Well, man, exactly. We appreciate it. If what we'll do is is get Chris whatever like links or anything you want on here, and guys, if you click your screen right now, it'll take you. It'll have a list of links so you can connect with Gianni, whether it's through his music or however else he wants to promote. We'll put that there, man. We uh, we've did a solid hour. Hey. I feel I feel exhausted, <laughs> and I feel like we have <laughs> we have hit it all, man. I mean, I'm sure there's so much more but we'll have to do a round two with you and thank you that was such a, oh, I'd love a fun pleasant interview hey thank you so much yeah anytime you guys yeah yeah i'll do round two we'll do all that stuff and we can do some director stuff thank you guys for having me on and this has been so great to and i didn't know to and to all the fans out there you know thank you guys for you know loving the director and i'm and it just really humbles me and it really makes me feel like Great to know that you guys identified with something that was so fun for me. And don't take away the outside weird stuff. Take away, like, the <laughs> art side of it and what Dean Carr did with, you know, this this thing and the great people at David and Goliath and especially at Universal for allowing Dean and I to get into this and do this, man. And I would love to do it again. And I think there's, you know, a way to do it that would be great. But, you know, thank you guys so much for having me on. And, and like I said, anytime, hit me up. And I'm back, man. All right. Thank you, Gianni. Appreciate it. Okay, Chris, take a breath. That interview is complete, (laughs) at least for now. He wants to come back. I'm sure there's more stories. We will get to the director round two at some point. He definitely clearly wants to come see the fans, too. So we'll have to to do something where uh, uh, he can come out and say hey. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. He's uh, already messaged me about coming back out because I don't think he's been back to Orlando since he was there filming this. So. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm just thrilled to, uh, to have these guests and have these opportunities. I mean, when it comes to some of our other podcasts, like WDW Today that I do, or you do Diz After Dark, or even um, what I do BLT with with Tim Tracker, which rather if you're not listening to, you probably would like it because you you typically like when Tim is on uh, his BLT lunch break. Those shows are really fun to do, and and but this one is the one I get excited about because I don't care about. Uh, I don't even care. I mean, I want, I want our downloads to be great and the show to be big, but I'm just having, you know, a giddy fun fest just talking to these people. So it's such a blast uh, to explore the fandom. But as tradition upholds now, the 
Scare Zone curse continues. And <laughs> the day after we recorded an episode, the dates were announced officially. They they were. <laughs> it's almost as uncanny, isn't it? Every time. Yeah. I mean, we're recording this now. And there hasn't been any announcements since the date, so we could be talking now, and we may already know a house. Oh, I'm I'd be surprised if you were following on Twitter. I got a tweet. Someone tweeted about uh, you know is there any code like the code names, and I got a tweet back from Patrick Braillard, who just who was one of the show directors, who just tweeted to me, not even a scare zone. He tweeted to me and said, "Hey, when's the next episode coming up?" <laughs> so they're even trolling us now, uh, knowing it's fun. Now I don't think they're actually planning it based on it. And if they are. Oh well, uh, but it's a lot of fun, and I kind of like it. I'm not gonna lie; the curse continues. And yes, if if indication is correct by our timeline, by the time you're hearing this, or the day after this, uh, there will be some sort of major announcement. Uh, but are the da- the dates are pretty much available, and there's some packages available. Is that right? Yeah, packages are available at the moment. The packages you can book uh, any of the on-site hotels. Um, and you can also, uh, again, another thing they're doing for the first time ever, you can actually wrap in um, some tours. You can do the behind-the-scenes tours or an RIP tour um, as part of your package. Um, the tickets seem to be a little different this year. I know they haven't released all the tickets, but they seem to be doing just this uh, flex ticket, um, which is quite interesting. And the other thing, I don't know if you've had chance, the, the actual dates themselves are quite interesting. Have you had a chance to have a look at them? Yeah, there's some some missing specific dates that tend to be typical, and then obviously they're quite a bit longer. But what else am I missing? Well, we got we got 34 nights, so it's the longest it's ever been. Again, it's it's going into November, which I believe you went um, yeah, in the, November that extended weekend. Yeah, it was it was great. There was yeah. no one there, but now it's being advertised. Who knows? Yeah, so now it's it's a formal um, uh, extension, if you like, into November. Um, you've also got this weird, as you mentioned earlier, the 28th of September is missing, which the 28th has been a Halloween Horror Nights night for, um, well, at least that Thursday has been a Halloween Horror Nights night for a very, very long time. Uh, and then the other interesting thing is from the 25th of October, right the way around to Halloween, that's a full week of Halloween Horror Nights. That's every single night. Yeah. And that's the f- first time they've ever done that before as well. Yeah. So those were the, I'm, I'm curious what those tickets are going to be, what the, you know, the, the, Frequent fear and the rush of fear, what that's going to cover when you have something like a full week of Horror Nights. Yeah, yeah, that'll be interesting. But we should know that you know fairly soon. I think that's, uh, I think that's pretty cool. I mean, I'm, I'm excited about it. There's still not a whole lot of definitive information other than that. And you can't get like the tour tickets right now if you're not booking the packages. No, you, and really, it's from no. the UK mainly, right? No, the, no, these packages are uh, U.S. Okay. Usually, you're, you're right. Usually, the U.K. Uh, tickets go on sale first. For this for this year, for some unknown reason, the U.S. tickets have gone on sale first. All right. Well, that's very interesting. I wonder if they wonder because look, I listen to our I look at our podcast numbers, and not just because you're on it, and I, I see that with some of the other ones, even like BLT, is there's a good you know twenty percent or so that listen or more in the U.K. So you'd think they'd cover them already, but. Um, it's kind of cutting it close for some of your travel planning. Well, yeah, typically in the UK, as you said, um, we usually have longer vacations, but we need to plan those sort of nine to 12 months. I mean, I know people that plan their vacations sort of two years out, right. can you believe? So it's a bit it's a bit strange, really, that the UK haven't had their tickets yet. All right. Well, anything else to cover while we're at it, while we're here? Not really. I mean, we've spoken about the two code names that have been released. Yeah. Um there's only sort of rumors, really, that aren't really worth discussing at this point. Um, and wishful thinking, which, again, is not really worth. <laughs> so 
that. Yeah. All right. Well, when news breaks, you know, right now we're in the every other week time frame, and if something big happens, we'll come and we'll do an episode. But until then, keep a watch on our uh, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, and we always are posting interesting stuff even during during the dark times. And next up is episode 30. I don't know what we're going to do, and I'd be lying if I told you, like, oh, we have something amazing planned. But you never know. So keep a watch. We're working on it. We're working on it. You never know what's going to happen. So keep a listen. Keep a watch. Episode 30. I mean, obviously, there may be, if, if something breaks huge, we're going we're gonna to jump in and do an episode 30 that may not be as epic, but we'll do something cool. So thank you guys for listening. And that's going to do it for Scare Zone this week. As always, make sure you follow. You thought I was going to end it there, didn't you? As always, make sure you follow us. Make sure you go to buy a t-shirt on scarezone.com. Uh, getting a little close on St. Patrick's Day for you see at Finnegan shirts, but they are selling. And we appreciate everyone that picked them up. Make sure you post pictures. We always share them. We'll follow you back if you do it. And now that's going to do it for this week. As always, keep your eyes closed and your ears open, and we'll see you at Finnegan's. Visit our website, scarezone.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash scarezone. And follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash scpodcast. And remember to rate and review us on iTunes. This has been a production of Laugh Old Brown Studios.